At the tone, please record your message. It's never too late to talk about things like this. In the age of COVID-19, in the time of the stay-at-home order, the news was on and social media was buzzing. As a result, nobody was immune to seeing the lives of Black people in America terminated at the hands of police officers and racist white Americans. There were no escaping conversations on racism, injustices, and the murders of innocent Black lives. The murders of Ahmaud Arbery, Elijah McLean, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, and the more recent attempted murder of Jacob Blake and the countless others precipitated action, protest, and sparked a new narrative from an abundance of black voices that will no longer be silenced. In this episode, Black Voices Volume 1, you will hear a compilation of black voices on being black in America. When I was in first and second grade, I went to a school that wasn't very diverse. So it was just me and a couple of other black students at the school, or in my grade at least. So one day, me and this other black girl, we were playing with this other group of white girls. So at some point during whatever we were playing, one of the white girls said, oh, it's white versus brown. Me and the black girl looked at each other, we were like, what? So we go, we tell. We tell a teacher, and the teacher's like, oh my gosh. And then they go, and they confront the girl. The girl starts crying, but I didn't really understand why she was crying until I looked back on that moment more recently. I realized she wasn't crying because she was being ignorant. She was crying because she got caught up. She was crying because she got in trouble for being ignorant. She wasn't actually sorry for saying what she said, you know? It's, it's not, like, a huge thing, but, like, it, it was just, like, that moment in my life where I'm just like, damn, I'm not the same. I'm not going to get treated the same as everybody else because I'm black. So it was just, like, a pivotal moment for me realizing that you're not the same as everybody else. Because you look like this, you're going to get treated differently. Because prior to that moment, I didn't know, I didn't really pay attention to the fact that I was different. I didn't really acknowledge it. And then, like, after that, it came magnified to me. Like, that line of demarcation between us and them just became so prominent. It's like, damn, I'm, how do you deal with that? Like, as a kid, like, you're forced to realize that everything's different for you because you look a certain way. So that's my story. We all bleed the same color. We all bleed the same color. You shouldn't have to treat someone different because they're purple or green or black or orange. Since when has it became like that? Why is it like that? I'm just going to jump straight into it. It's painful. It's very painful. I don't even know how to start this, but I'm just tired of it, you know? Like, I remember seeing uh, that video of the, you know, the George Floyd 
and remembering that I just ah, that video is just so like it's so it's just so it's it's unhuman, you know. The guy literally had zero sympathy. His heart was completely black. How can you have such blackness in your heart? You know, I remember after watching that video, I was just everything was just coming. I don't know how to feel. Um, so with the police brutality is nothing new, it's just being recorded. Everything I could say has already been said, but I guess I'll have to say it again. Um, this isn't new and black people have confronted racism through so many means, through music, plays, movies, everything. And people really just sat there and tried to almost strip the content of what it is. It's an address on racism, but they're like, no, it's just a movie. It's just a song. No, it's a cry of, not even for help, of agony, of pain, of tiredness. And it's just getting irritating that now people are angry. Oh, why are they yelling? Why are they, like, doing all this? We're doing all this because we have to. Nobody wakes up. I mean, some people do, but most <laughs> don't, like, don't wake up and say, mm, yeah, I want to go riot. I want to go fight in the streets for my own for my little existence nobody wakes up wanting to do that but when you're forced to it's almost just like you forget you're just like this is what it is and I'm gonna fight to the end but it's also upsetting to see the way that black deaths are like a form of entertainment for people which is always why I never watch the videos because I'm like I don't need to see the person die to be upset I'm already angry enough for the fact that they died like unjustly, I don't need to watch them take their last breath. That's not out of pocket. Doesn't even begin to express that. And it's the same energy as like people who watch lynchings, for like during family picnics, about fingers and limbs and body parts of black people for souvenirs. They thought it was funny. They thought this was a vacation. And it's just so sickening. It makes me want to puke. Like, I just, ew. Ew. Why would you ever, ever even think it's okay to be taking part of another human being who you know was killed wrongly? We don't even have to think about that. The fact that they're another human being, another living creature, and then take what used to be part of their body as a souvenir, that's vile. That's putrid. As black women, we've been on the front line of this battle, fighting for not only our men, but our sons and daughters too. As a black woman in America, voicing these opinions as the words that we are can often get us labeled as angry or the angry black woman. It's important that we stay in our femininity as we fight these injustices. It's important that we don't let these angry and wrong titles remove us from what we're supposed to be doing. As a black woman in America, we're seen as the lowest of the low.
even below the black man, even by the black man. But it is so often that we rise above and fight. I hope one day we can look back and be so proud of all of the work that we've done and all the precious women, precious black women that we've lost to this fight in honor. So I think I'm going to start this off by talking about what it's like to be a black girl in America because we all know this stuff. But as someone who's a brown skin going on dark skin, it definitely hurts a little more when you have so many different expectations coming from almost every corner of the world about how you should be acting, how you should be acting as a girl, how you should be acting as a black person. And then on top of that, how you should be acting as a, specifically as a black girl. Like, you get three different opinions flooding, like, onto you about how you should be. And there's almost no space to just be yourself, do what you want to do. Just live your life. And it's so stressful. So there's this narrative where it's like, oh, black women are strong, they're fearless, they're everything. They're everything but human. Like, we're not allowed to feel, we're not allowed to cry, we're not allowed to complain because, oh, they're angry, oh, they're bitter. See, this is why I date white girls. No, we're tired, we're sad, we're upset. Like, we're in pain, but nobody wants to hear anything because they realize that it's basically their fault. It's part of the problem. And people are just too lazy and just so destructive. They don't want to change because there's just too much work if you think it's work for you, it's too much work for us to keep putting up this front like we're okay for our entire lives. It just, it disgusts me. That's vile. The microaggressions, I don't deal with them as much, but they still come up. And it's just so nasty when people think it's okay to touch you, touch your hair, say weird things about like your skin or your black features, or anything about your physical appearance that embodies the fact that you are black. Like, it's just like, who asked you? Like, I'm looking around. Like, I didn't ask. Why did you think that was necessary? And it's just really irritating. People think, oh, she's driving out of proportion. Like, no, it's tiresome to have people thinking it's okay to touch you. Like, what is that? Why? Literally, why? Now that I'm done ranting about the truth, um, it's just so comforting to wake up every morning and know that you're just naturally fly. Like, being black is definitely the biggest flex in my life. You get to enjoy such a vast culture. It's crazy. It feels like everything under the sun is yours. You get the hair, you get the vibes, you get the music, you get everything. You get the success, you get the love. That comes from coming from a people of just pure creativity. It's just amazing. And it just, I don't know, it just makes you want to go on, even though the rest of the world is telling you to forget about that part of yourself. But once you acknowledge it, you can't go back. Like, you can't go back to, like, feeling 
down about yourself because I don't know you just realize that you're fly one day and then you just you don't want to touch the ground anymore any black girls, black queens hearing this, you are beautiful. It does not matter what American society has to say or any society that isn't you has to say about the way you look or the people you come from. Be proud, be strong, and be human. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to deal with the things that are stigmatized in our black community. And if you're not an African-American or um, this not, like, if you're basically, if your parents are foreigners or you're just not, like, an African-American or, like, an American black person, um, please do um, care for us. I know that, like, some societies in Africa, even whole countries, have a lot of stigma against African-Americans, and they think that we're spoiled, which can definitely be true. But you you can't turn your back on the people that didn't choose to be here. They're still your people. They just were forced here and remained because this is all they knew. And it's they accustomed themselves to this place. So please don't be mad at us for being African-Americans or black Americans. Um, And welcome us when we choose to return to our cultures, when we choose to return to our our home countries and the places of our origin. Like, it's it's very scary and a very, like, bold move to say, I'm going to go to... Kenya, or I'm going to go to um, the Congo, or Rwanda, or I don't know, the Ivory Coast, it doesn't really matter when you know that there are people who look down on you simply because you are a black American. So when we try to reach out for our roots, please know that we're not doing it for just the aesthetic. Most of the time, most people who are serious are doing it because they want to feel something. They want to know where they come from. They want to have pride in a specific place. Because as much as I love black culture, the way it's developed, our hair, our art styles, everything that we've created, it's even more fun to see the specific cultures that I come from and be able to indulge in the luxury of the beauty of my people. Okay, I know I said I was done for one more thing. Um, don't let anyone tell you that you're acting white or you're not being black um, because you do something alternative. You listen to rock or whatever. First of all, the people are uneducated. If you don't know that rock was started by black people, then why are you even speaking? <laughs> why are you even talking? 
Um, so it's perfectly okay to go outside of rap and trap music, which are known by genres, and do other genres that were also created by black people. So don't be afraid to be who you are, despite the fact that the world already thinks they know who you are because you're black. They don't know. They don't. Ha- they don't even have a right to know you. Knowing you is an honor, and they should be thankful. So be That's it. This white woman said, well, I forgot her name. I think it was like Jane or something like that. She basically said that we all need to unlearn our bigotry. Once we do that, once we unlearn our bigotry, everyone and everything shall be peaceful again. I can't wait for that day. I know that day is very far away, very far, because we have a long way to go. But once we unlearn our bigotry, we can move on to happiness. No more racism. And I'm talking about the very casual, subtle, you know, racism. It's just, it's been too much for me, you know? Like, I try to, you know, not see, basically say, wait from uh, social media you know keep everything closed and just wake up in peace and breathe do what I have to do and oh child oh my gosh I'm so tired of this I'm so tired I'm never gonna be tired of being black it's the best experience but I'm tired of having to fight I just want to start off and say that despite all the horrible things happening daily to all my brothers and sisters, um, it is still and always will be an honor to be black. We are strong, resilient, and we are fighters, and we have had enough. We have had enough. We are tired of being mistreated, and we want justice. Um, I believe that black people go through oppression um, and hurtful events every day. And we still manage to stand tall on all ten toes, regardless of what's currently going on. Um, I just want to say that I'm still so, so proud to be black. Thank you for listening. If you would like to be featured in the next volume of Black Voices, call 508-505-4155 to leave your voicemail. Share your stories, experiences, thoughts, and feelings on being Black in America.